If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited. Please welcome your CEO coach. Webmasterradio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. From funding to finances, set up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management, and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musig. And welcome to CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music, uh, co-founding president at SEO Moz. I'm here today with Kevin Bailey, who is the president at Slingshot. And Kevin, you manage most of the finance work here in terms of productization, product pricing, and system structure here. Yeah, I work a lot with our controller. Um, she does a lot of the kind of the bookkeeping and financial accounting gap type practices. But a lot of what I do is sort of look at uh, business from a financial angle and think about how we make sure our product is a, is a profitable one and make sure that we're um, able to self-fund ourselves because we don't have any uh, investors at the company currently. Okay. So we've got lots of CEOs around the world who are listening who also don't have investors or are thinking about getting investors and would prefer, of course, to self-fund. It's the fastest and least costly way to do so. Sure. Now, before we got on the show, and the reason I asked you on was because you were talking about how you managed that process, self-funding and growing from a small consultancy of just three guys yep. uh, to a fairly large company. You're now number 58 out of the Inc. 500, which is amazing, and congratulations. Thank you. All right. So I've... Uh, had two of your colleagues on the show already talking about this business growth, this uh, exponential business growth yep. from different aspects. Yep. Let's talk about it from finance and product pricing today. Yep. Where did you start and where did you end up? Yeah, well, um, you know, when I think about finance, I think about the entire business. So kind of everything touches finance, uh, you know, finance touches everything. Uh, so it's crucial that when you think about your business, you think about how every different decision you make has a monetary impact. And in what direction that monetary impact is going to be. Uh, when we started our business, um, I had to write the business plan, and I would I would strongly recommend you know if, if you haven't written one yet and you're kind of early in the life cycle of your business, um, writing a good business plan will really help you get your thoughts in the right place and make sure that you structure your values and everything properly. Um, but from a financial angle, I think that. The first thing that we really got our head around, and it's a strategy that has huge financial implications, is how do we grow our business 
revenue wise without uh, having a, a budget for marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no budget for marketing. You know, we were we started the company at ten thousand dollars. So we made as a services business, which I'm sure many of you run services businesses. We basically said to ourselves, the only way we're going to grow our company the way that we want to grow it, and we had huge exponential um, kind of expectations and forecasts, was to build a strategy around making sure every one of our clients is successful as humanly possible, sometimes going unprofitable for certain clients mm-hmm. to make sure that they're successful. Um, and we did that because we wanted to have an exp- exponential growth through word of mouth, um, which I'm sure is the goal of a lot of businesses. So we put that strategy in place. We kind of uh, actually did some financial modeling to say how would our revenue grow if we were to create kind of an exponential word of mouth explosion in business. Um, Made some assumptions, you know, that, uh, you know, every client is going to tell an average of 1.5 people. Like how how is that going to expand us out Uh, or actually get us us 1.5 new customers. Okay, now you started with fairly small customers, right? Yeah. SMB stuff yep. and mostly S, not M and B. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so small business rather than midsize. How did you move from small size customers to larger customers? Small customers will recommend to the guy next door, and that's all very interesting. Yeah. But you wanted to scale both in size yeah. of project as well as pricing models. That really gets back to the kind of making sure every client is successful and the word of mouth thing. Because you mm-hmm. know, you start for small businesses; they have friends that are in larger businesses. Okay. So we got our first public company through doing a great job for a small business. Uh, they told the one of the founders of Finish Line, and then we got Finish Line as a client. Um, but kind of kind of looking back at and what I was going to kind of cover generally in this is our company truly hit our exponential growth pattern when we changed from a projects-based services company to a recurring revenue-based or recurring revenue company, a recurring revenue services business. Um, so I know how we do that in product, and we've yeah. talked about that at great length here about how SEO Moz moved from services to products. Yep. How did you productize your services here yeah. at S- uh, Slingshot so that you were able to achieve that recurring revenue? Yeah. Well, kind of where we started was we were a jack-of-all-trades internet marketing business, so we would do anything for any client almost, uh, kind of really diversified our services out. We could, We did conversion rate consulting, uh, we did a lot of web development, and those are intermittent uh, large chunks of revenue that hit at random times. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very smart about your cash flows when you have that kind of a model. You know, you can't guarantee that you're going to have the same amount of revenue next month as you had this month. And especially trying to forecast right. out multiple quarters, it gets extremely difficult. So, right. That's one of the major yeah. problems in consulting, especially as you're very small, yeah. that you have uneven revenue cycles and you want to even that exactly. out over time. So it was a huge dilemma for us. Um, and luckily we had some good mentors who were in the SaaS space, Exact Target, um, which is a very fast-growing uh, email marketing company, one of the best of breed. And uh, we talked to their executives and we started to kind of think about how do we take our services business and turn it into something that has cash flow streams like a SaaS model, but obviously we're still doing services. And that took a lot of kind of creative outside the box thinking and it took an entirely new pricing model, um, which which I built an algorithm that that kind of looked in our business, which is which is search engine optimization, we look at the competitive competitiveness of keyword phrases. We built a model where we priced by the keyword phrase and looked at the competitiveness of our client versus the companies that rank on the first page of Google. Tried to figure out what the gap was between where our clients were in the space of digital relevance versus those those competitors they were going after that were on the first page. And then we looked at over a one year period 
how would we bring that company up to being as relevant in their space online as the people who are currently sitting in those positions? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, So I noticed you used the term relevant in the space. Does that yeah. mean that it wasn't necessarily all about the SERPs? It was perhaps about a larger social media presence yeah. if they couldn't compete in the search engine result pages? Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. search engine optimization, mm-hmm. you know, I look at it as a competition for digital relevance, relevance to your online customers. So mm-hmm. when we look at a, at a business from their, their online business, at least, we look at them from a holistic perspective and say, you know, we look at the things they need to fix in order to, to be deemed relevant by Google, who's kind of the authority that sort of says whether you're relevant to your online base or not. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so what you did then was to leverage your first customers to refer you to others, many of whom were the same size, which is okay, but a few outliers were larger size. And you actually landed your first publicly uh, traded company that way, which is significantly larger. Yeah. Once you had that one company, were you able to leverage that kind of word of mouth again? Or at that point, does it not really, you know, they don't talk over the dinner table? Um, they actually talk a lot. Um, you know, it's kind of everybody has their their networks and the public company network uh, is very tight. And they, they really help each other out. So it's kind of like the, you got to get the first right to get in the club. And once you're in the club, it makes things a lot easier. So okay. for the first negotiation with, with, with Finish Line, you know, we had to concede on a lot of points. And we, you know, that was one of those contracts where we did not make much money. Okay. Um, but we knew that going in um, that we had to kind of get in the club before we could really start making money in okay. that club. So, um, yeah, the, the, the other public companies that we landed after that were, were a lot easier negotiations. And also, um, we did get the kind of word of mouth thing going at that level, just as we had it at the, at the small business size. Okay. So, as you kind of paid your dues, you got into the club, then leveraging that word of mouth reference, did that require you being part of networking opportunities with these bigger guys? Did you have to somehow join clubs, um, go to organizational meetings that they went to? Or were you able to simply ask for that reference? Is there anybody else I should be calling, sir? Yeah, I mean, we we always, in the beginning, we'd, we'd ask clients, you know, when we make you successful, are you willing to to be an advocate, be a reference for us, give us three three companies that you think we could do similar jobs for? And we made the assumption we were going to be successful, and we kind of played okay. it like that throughout the entire proposal process. And inevitably, they would always say yes. We never had anybody say, no, you know, if you're successful, I'm not going to help you guys. Um, so okay. we kind of had that outlined up front. So you preset that expectation, yeah. which I think is really a good idea. It's good for the sales process, which says we expect to be successful, but you set an expectation which said, when you become successful, we'd like you to make that reference. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then once you had completed that obligation and now they had succeeded in whatever initial metrics they were, how did you leverage that? How did you finish that thing and say, yes, now refer us? What did you do? Yeah, I mean, normally we'd have kind of like a, a landmark or benchmark uh, that would be working toward. And normally it was, you know, first page ranking for a very competitive keyword phrase. We would take them out to lunch, talk about the success, get the uh, kind of the energy going as high as possible. And toward the end of that lunch, we'd ask the same question we said we were going to ask them. You know, is there any other companies that you think we could be successful for? Okay, so that's pretty open-ended. It asks the other guy to think about who you might be successful for. Did you also do things like say, we're trying to get in the door with X, Y, or Z. Do you know somebody there? Um, we actually didn't do that too often. We probably should have. Um, okay. We sort of just left it up to them to see if, if they thought there was anybody um, that we should be talking to. But um, yeah, that's that's a definitely a, a really good strategy too. We, we've been we've been historically trying to get into um, a large public company around here. We, I think we have asked questions about them before, but it's never really panned out. But you know, not it's kind of like yeah, mm-hmm. not yet. 
Okay, good. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the pricing model, moving from this um, pricing model of project to a pricing model of recurring revenue, how you structure that in general, and uh, how you guys put it together so that you are able to scale quickly. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach with Kevin Bailey today, president at Slingshot SEO. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. As you know, being an expert at f- <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hi, this is Molly Lane. And Bo Blackwell from Affiliate Marketing Today. And we are wishing you happy holidays. And a profitable new year. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm. Wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And welcome back. This is Jillian at CEO Coach. I'm with Kevin Bailey today, president at Slingshot SEO. Welcome back, Kevin. Thanks. Okay, we're talking about um, the the process of moving from a consulting model, which says I charge you by the hour or by the project. I really hate by the hour because then they kind of nickel and dime you on the hours. Yeah. But you were already at project when you started Slingshot. How did you move to the far more profitable um, process of recurring revenue? I know how to do that in product. Let's talk about how you do that in service. Yeah. So um, the first thing that we were lucky enough to have as a business where our services model lends itself to long periods 
you know, we're not doing web development. It's not a, you know, well, web development can't have a good recurring revenue model too. Uh, but for SEO specifically, the workload stays the same typically um, for at least what we do because we not only do consulting, we also do execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, execution is, is really working hand-in-hand hand with the client to do what we call producing search media, but producing relevant content that, that search engines are going to um, want to di- digest and regurgitate so what, to their users. Right. So one of the pieces is that you cannot simply recommend stuff. You cannot consult and go out the door. You must actually execute on what you recommend, which means you kind of become the outsourced ad marketing this content writing whatever department for the company that you're about to work with yeah okay how do you express that to them do you say we're like your outsourced ad agency or something or or outsourced Um, in-house marketing company yeah lucky enough for us uh, a lot of companies don't have large uh, teams dedicated to search Mm -hmm. so we're able to kind of come in and say hey we have these resources Um, we actually built a distributed workforce of these resources and we have a a large portion of those resources in-house as well Uh, but we we kind of set that that expectation again up front that, that that's sort of what we are. We're kind of like your plug for for creating um, search relevant content. Okay. And uh, like I said, the pricing model was really important on this because we had to figure out you know what is a way that we can price our services so that it creates a reoccurring revenue stream mm-hmm. um, with annual contracts, which we try and renew. Because this, if you if you're doing search engine optimization right, it's not something you just do and stop. You do it perpetually forever. So mm-hmm. we have a good renewal rate. Um, but we had to create a model that was where clients could logically understand why we price the way we do. So, okay. So what are the elements in your industry where you say, and, and again, you're in search consulting, uh, but you changed from a one-off consulting model that says, we'll tell your guys how to do this, then your guys go off and do it, to a thing that says, we will actually perform a series of services in the marketing uh, space so that we supplement your internal marketing thing. And I guess part of your explanation would be you guys don't need to hire internally and manage all this. Why don't you just outsource a yeah. bit? It's much, less, uh, much more cost effective. So that's yeah. a good sales pitch. I get that. But you were moving from one-off to an annual contract in which they're now paying you monthly. Mm-hmm. Did you express it that way, saying this is an annual contract and your contract will be, I don't know, 100 or 200 or 300,000 U.S. dollars, but you will pay me monthly over time? Or did you say... It's a monthly contract of ten thousand dollars a month. We always we always talk in months. The only reason we do, we do annual contracts, and we're going to do uh, multi year contracts now. Um, but you know, the only reason we do that is because companies can't commit themselves to longer than a year in a lot of cases. Okay. So, but we always from the from the get go we say the search engine optimization space is becoming no less competitive over time. It's actually getting more competitive. So you need to expect that this is a this is a long term commitment. Okay. It's going to be monthly, you know. For so you set it up saying in the first year you should anticipate spending I don't know ten thousand a month, but by next year budget for maybe twelve or fifteen yeah. just to hold steady because the marketplace is becoming yeah. more mature. When and you renew, we're going to reevaluate your your market. Right, and reevaluate the market and your needs. So just to hold steady in an increasingly competitive market, it sets expectations for your customers to say, next year we have to spend more, having nothing to do with what they do or what you do. That's a really good start. Um, As you come around to that end of the year, they recognize that now's a good time to fire you. How do you keep it going instead of, you know, uh, how do you let them 
yeah. know that they should just keep on going and not change horses. There's, it, there's, there's two keys to that. Um, okay. The first key, uh, most obviously, is you have to be successful. The expectations you set up front need to have been accomplished or at least mm-hmm. close to accomplished. Uh, right. you know, if you, if you there are no shortcuts there. Yeah, yes. If you haven't hit that one, you're going to have a very hard time getting them to renew because they're going to feel like you didn't live up to your promises. And mm-hmm. you got to be careful about what promises you make. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the most important thing that we've seen outside of that is relationships. So, okay. uh, in a services business, um, and I know it's important in SaaS as well, but in services business especially, there's a lot of human interaction contact mm-hmm. between, in our case, our consultants and execution people and the client. Uh, if they get along well and they build and forge a strong relationship, we've seen clients that will renew even when there isn't a high level of success, which in my opinion seems, doesn't seem very logical. Um, but relationships, you'd be amazed at, at the, how much you can raise your, um, Uh, your renewal rate because you have great relationships with your client. So moving then from that single piece of consulting to, uh, and having to renew new customers to do those sorts of things to recurring revenue had to do with essentially making a much larger consulting offer that would expect us, well, that would financially span the time of a year, but had expectations that it would be ongoing well beyond the second kind of deep tip besides success, because you can't, mess with that, right, um, would be this relationship building. How many folks does that take? Is it, uh, do you have a salesman go out and then hand them off to a relationship guy? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, we have uh, two core um, on the sales side uh, members of our business. We have our account executives who are the kind of the hunters that go out and, and land new clients. Then we have our client success managers, which are basically the account managers. So when a mm-hmm. uh, Account executive lands a new client, they give it to the client success manager. Now, the client success manager, the consultant, um, we have a social media specialist and a content editor on each of our client teams. Those four people will interact with the client very regularly. And uh, So it takes four people then. You don't leave it to one person. Yeah, we, the one person may not be super good at it, but one out of four will click. Yeah, maybe. And, and the, yeah. I think on the other side of that is... Uh, you don't just want to make a relationship with one person at the client. You want to have a deep relationships with multiple people because if you make a relationship with one person at the client and they leave that client, you just lost that customer. Right. So, or that one person at your end also, if they leave, then you have exactly. a problem again. So you yeah, make sure you the bridge divert- has right a number of yeah. uh, of beams supporting it. Diversify okay. yourself in okay. relationships. Very good. So again, we're going to take a break here in a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the financial part of it. How do you structure these long-term contracts um, so that the client, again, recognizes this is the cost per month um, and then building it up so that you can get a much larger contract and assuming success in the next years. This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. We'll be right back with Kevin Bailey at Slingshot SEO. Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. Line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. In 500 yards, C-P-A-Way will be on your right. 
You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at CPAWay.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Hi, this is Shauna from Ecom Experts and Happy Holidays. Remember to work on fresh content, even though this may be your busiest time of the year. Content, content, content. Happy Holidays. From all of us to all of you, WebmasterRadio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back at CEO Coach. This is Jillian Music at uh, CEO Coach, along with Slingshot SEO's president, Kevin Bailey. Welcome back to the final part of the show, Kevin. Thank you, Jillian. So we've been talking about uh, how you moved from one-off to recurring revenue, how you build and forge relationships in multiple levels along the way so that you have at least four people at your um, office making relationships with at least a few people over at the other office because at any time, any one of them could go away. That would be a critical piece. So that helps this segue as that year comes to the close. You indicated that moving from this one-off consulting gig process to an annual consulting gig process helped to smooth out your finances. That was one. It helped to close much, much larger deals, which was great. It also made different requirements here. Now you had to actually produce on it rather than simply consult. You're now doing content development and so on. You talked about a distributed workforce. Does that help you to be financially competitive here, making this more valuable to midsize and enterprise-sized companies? Yeah, distributed workforce was something that really helped us grow. Uh, it's interesting from a couple different angles. One is from a scalability standpoint, you can't really beat it. Um, these are contractors, so there's it's a lot less onerous on HR to staff up a contractor uh, distributed workforce than it is um, managing internal staff. Also, when you set up a distributed workforce right, um, we did ours on pay for performance. So you know, we'd say you need to produce X amount of content. We're going to pay you Y. Uh, so there. You know, you don't have to manage it. Um, the management is done by the kind of the financial model you put in place to compensate these people. Okay. So uh, it's almost like plug and play staffing. And we were able to use our distributed workforce to ramp our staff up very quickly for new client engagements, much faster than our internal staff. And we're having to forecast right. out a quarter. So here, in the spirit of transparency, are you able to tell me how did you find them so quickly? Uh, I'm assuming. Distributed workforce people? Yes, the distributed workforce. I mean, you have lots of people who write yeah. content for you who might do SEO, whatever it is. Did you go to places like 
like Craigslist? Did you go to places, uh, I don't know, monster.com? Where do you find them? Yeah, I mean, exactly right. Uh, Craigslist, Monster, uh, you know, we were looked at uh, even handicapped people sometimes, uh, you know, people that can easely work from home from their computer. Uh, mm-hmm. Just How do you find them? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Craig, Craigslist. Craigslist and Monster is where you will find folks who want to work from one. their residences for whatever reasons. We use recruiters sometimes. Okay. Um, so we'd, we'd pay them one-off kind of, you know, we're going to pay you X dollars for every uh, person you would mm-hmm. get to be on our distributor workforce. Do you they, use they, a, they can scale that out. Do you use a reference where uh, I'm already working for you, I'm a writer, and I'm working from home, and you tell me if you get another writer of your quality, we will pay you, I don't know, a bonus of 1000 10000 whatever. Yeah, we do. So like personal like references. $500 or something. But well, yeah, we, whatever, we, a we, bounty. Yeah, okay. if you know anybody else who's like you would enjoy this job, who's, who's currently unemployed. And one thing that we had, I mean, it's not exactly a great job market right now, so there was a plethora of people that wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. We paid pretty well. Uh, and we got a lot of good local buzz going on, so we just had a lot of people that were knocking on our door saying, "Hey, I want to be part of this this workforce." You know, it okay. sounds great. Are you still hiring for that workforce? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, okay, so let's make a plug here because again, many of the people listening and downloading this show will be independent contractors, possibly looking to supplement their own work as yeah. they grow their own companies. So, what kinds of folks are you looking for? Um, mainly people that are really good at. at uh, social networking, so people who are very active in Facebook and Twitter and uh, you know the various social networks online. Uh, be- even better if you do a lot of blogging um, and interaction on forums. And then uh, good writers. So, okay, good enough. And how do they reach you? Um, you could uh, just, I guess, uh, email. I'm trying to think of what the best person to email would be. Well, why don't they email you for now, just yeah, in case? You, you can you always know, send yeah, them you, off. You can email me at kevin at slingshotseo.com. Okay, so that's K-E-V-I-N at slingshotseo.com, wherever you are in the world. If you're looking to grow your business and, uh, and so on, and you're a loan consultant, he's looking for folks. Okay, so that's an interesting piece then. Now, this final piece about the finance. You create a larger contract. You express it by the month rather than by the year, although the contract includes that total annual amount. At what point can they fire you? Um, you're going to do a $1.2 million contract with me. I'm going to pay you $100,000 a month. Can I drop you in the second month, meaning it wasn't really worth uh, $1.2 mil? Yeah, our, um, our master services agreement specifies you can't do that, uh, but obviously mm-hmm. savvy negotiators try and put in a term that they can you know, potentially drop you with 60 days notice or something along those lines. Okay. Um, we fight against that, but if it's the right client and we want them, sometimes we'll concede on that matter. But we really try and make it so there is no way out. And the only way we okay. let somebody out is if, you know. Well, lack of performance, yeah, right? Yeah, maybe, we're not, okay. that's to, maybe we're not living up to what, sure. what we said sure. we're going to do. Okay, so that's similar but, I mean, to what it, we used to do. And, at, in, 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 our, in, in our business, as you know, um, you know, we try and set expectations right, but it's mm-hmm. a long-term thing, you know. Um, we don't like the idea of a client getting cold feet in the first three months because you're not going to get results in the first three months in most cases. You know, it mm-hmm. takes it's six to 12 to even see I was going to say, um, and yeah. certainly it does today. It, yeah. it was a little faster when I was doing this kind yeah. of work. And in those emerging markets, you may get faster results still. Yeah. But I would counsel our listeners not to make annual contracts l- with a breakout clause less than three months, maybe less than six months, saying, yeah. no, you absolutely have to keep this going for that amount yeah. of time unless you absolutely 
absolutely see in 60 days that we have not produced a single piece of content or whatever it was. So again, for failure to perform, that's one thing, or failure to provide service, which is a different way than saying failure to perform. Performance usually means you've seen results, right? But failure to provide service means we haven't done any work at all. And that would be two different things to take a look at. Okay. So as, as we wrap up here, um, what other pieces of that contract are critical to make sure not only that you can sell it for a space of a year, you can ensure as well as possible that they will stick it out for that year, but that they continue when the year is up? Because otherwise, you're still back to just larger of the same problem, yeah. or if you will, larger contracts, but they still end every year. Yeah, I mean, we, we do automatic renewals in our contracts. So okay. we're trying to make it known that if you don't reach out to stop this, it's going to automatically renew. Um, okay. Clearly, we reevaluate the, strategy, the strategy a little bit so they, they know that there's a process there, but we try and set the expectation up front that it's going to be, again, this is a lifetime kind of thing. So when you do that, what you say is uh, this is an ongoing contract, open-ended, and you will, uh, you will continue to do uh, the work unless they say no, which is great. The last piece then is that um, do you reevaluate what they need to do at the same time that year is coming up? Or do you do it kind of at the 10-month mark and the 14-month mark so that the renewal is kind of in between where it isn't as important? Yeah, you want to kind of start setting up for the renewal at about the 10-month mark, give you a couple months to kind of wrap your head around the new strategy, get their get their head bought in so that, you know, you're not trying to renew at the last second. You know? That makes sense. Um, I did find the same sort of thing helpful. If you do the renewal and the strategic consideration at the same time, it reminds them that it's renewal yeah. time. If you begin this uh, kind of strategic reconsideration at the 9 or 10-month mark, well, it's done by 10 or 11 months. Yeah. Renewal just happens at 12 months, yeah. right? But you're already into this brand new yeah. uh, process again, exactly. and they are less likely to drop the whole thing, yeah, thinking, absolutely. oh, we're done. Yeah. Okay. So... Any last thoughts you would leave our new CEOs with as they reach out and move from shorter-term contracts to annualized contracts, evening out their revenue streams, and making sure that there's renewal at the end of the year? Yeah. Um, biggest you know, piece of advice at the end of the day, kind of what I started with, it, it is all about how you treat your clients and the success you bring them. I mean, if you do that, everything else kind of will fill in for your model. Okay. Um, so that's number one for me. Uh, as far as, as as the transition from uh, from going from project based to to recurring, um, it's really all about stacking revenue. So where you before had these projects, when you have a recurring revenue base, it's you're gonna you'll have let's say you're starting with five hundred thousand dollars a month or fifty thousand dollars a month. That fifty thousand dollars a month will stay in place, and then you're adding it every time you sign a new contract. You're adding revenue on top of it. So, So from an internal structure, what you've done then is made sure that you have a continually increasing revenue stream that you can count on, evening things out as you grow. And that's the secret to self funding. Truly. And then, the, I guess, the last thing um, you want to make sure that when you're building the pricing model, that you build it for profitability properly. We've, we price ourselves, uh, we have a cost, kind of a cost structure where we price based on what we think it's going to co- take to get the job done. Um, sorry. But we, uh, but the way we do it is we 
So we charge the right amount up front, and then we take a percentage of that and put that toward execution in in every client that we engage with. So we know what our profit margin is going to be from the outset when we sign the contract. And it's just really important that you build in a model where you can build in a a profit margin that is sufficient to run your business and grow it. Makes good sense. So again, if you need to reach Kevin for any other brilliant ideas he shared today, it's Kevin at SlingshotSEO.com. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. You can download these shows via uh, webmasterradio.fm slash CEO Coach or through iTunes. Till next week, this is Jillian Music at CEO Coach. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.